Welcome to the Leadership Looks Like podcast. I'm your host, Cree Edholm. Sponsored by Leadership Excursion Company and recorded from The Coop, located in Summerlin, Las Vegas. Join us as we explore personal stories of leaders who are making incredible impacts in their businesses, lives, and communities. Get ready to be inspired, see things from a new perspective, and learn new tools to help overcome challenges. This is what leadership looks like. On today's show, we have Eileen Jones, founder of the nonprofit Desert Divas for Dogs. Eileen spent a number of years working in human resources, so I took this opportunity to pick her brain about when businesses should consult an HR professional. We also talk about what it takes to launch a nonprofit from scratch, as well as her love of dogs. Enjoy. Eileen Jones, it is so great to see you. Thank you for coming into the podcast. Hi, thank you. What have you been up to? Uh, gosh, um, starting a nonprofit, doing all kinds of good stuff, helping dog, actually helping rescues. Um, yeah, 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 and um, that what a loaded question to start I know, off. That with. is, Thanks, hey, no Cree. pressure. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Eileen, so you spent a number of years in human resources, yes. and we'll get into these details a little later in the podcast. But now you uh, you started your own dog rescue organization. It's actually not a rescue. It's it, we help rescues. Oh, good. So yeah. we'll get into all of that yes. later on. Yeah. So you are helping rescues and, and we'll dive into those details. Uh, you know, if you talk to anybody about human resources, it, lots of times people will say that HR is the backbone or the heartbeat of, of any organization. And, and you've worked in that industry for mm-hmm. so long. And you've also worked as a consultant. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are your thoughts on human resources as it pertains to small and medium-sized businesses? Wow. Um, well, for small and medium, I mean, it's it's a great, you know, human resources is a great uh, industry to be in or, or you know, um, field to be in. I, I typically, you know, for myself, I loved working in it as as an HR, not the consultant side. That was kind of difficult. Um, but, you know, because I was always dealing with the organizations and trying to help them. And sometimes they don't want to listen or take heed to your advice. Um, especially the small, smaller mom and pop shops, it's a little bit more difficult. They want to do things um, on their own, and and you're just trying to help them and and keep them out of legal issue, you know, trouble. But um, you know, on on the professional side, when I worked as a regular HR um, director, manager role, um, it was a lot of fun, and I always enjoyed working in that. I've I've always worked for large organizations, so it was a little bit, you know. Um, easier to get people to listen and and they had to you know follow our recommendations and things because of corporate structure and so i really enjoyed it i made a lot of friends made you know kept kept the organization in check did things like that and and i just loved it um you know i would i would tell anybody to follow in that field and you know on, on the consulting end a little bit more difficult because you're your own boss. You're trying to get out there and, and do the work and everything, but you can make it work. Um, you know, you do make some friends and, and, uh, have some fun at the same time. But, you know, just like any business, it's, it's hard to, to really 
you know, start, it's a startup, you know, yeah. you're starting your own business. So if you're not, if you're not diligent and, and doing things, you know, and, and sticking with that, um, that plan of action, then, you know, you're going to have a hard time. Yeah. So you're talking about having an, an in-house human resources yeah. department, and that's already a business that probably started out small. It's grown you know, over time, mm-hmm. and it has an established human resources department. Right. And uh, you worked in that environment for a number of years. Oh, gosh, over 20. Yeah. <laughs> so. And then you also spoke about your transition mm-hmm. to small and medium-sized business. So these are really businesses that um, they don't have that established human resources right. team yet. Right. Um, what advice would you give to a small business or even any business that doesn't have those services in-house yet, where do you start? Oh my gosh. So where to start is if you are getting, if you're a small business and you are going to work with an HR consultant, first of all, find a good reputable HR consultant. Um, you know, there's, there's several out there and, and make sure that they, they have a good background that they've been in the industry for quite, for several years, get, either references or look at their, you know, go on LinkedIn, find out that they, you know, look at their resume, um, make sure that they've had experience in different industries and listen to them, listen to their advice because they're, they know what they're talking about. They're going to keep you out of legal trouble. Um, help, you know, work with them to let them help you set up your HR department. It's so important, um, especially, you know, even if you're a small business, you have to have certain things that, uh, that you're, you know, different, different areas of, of HR. You've got to have your payroll. You've got to have your, your employee relations section. You've got to have, um, your filing, you know, your compliance and things like that. So you want to make sure that, that you're compliant in all these different areas of human resources. So it's so important to take their advice because, you know, the shortcuts are not going to work. Yeah, that's great advice. Because <laughs> really, if you think about it from a protection standpoint, mm-hmm. that's really what you are talking about, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. So how many like, number of employees or is it um, a certain profit level level that you might reach? When should you really start to reach out to? It, it's typically for an HR consultant Typically, businesses, you know, small businesses will of and it's the age, it's the employee range usually. Um, people that have anywhere from you know one employee sometimes to let's say twenty five employees will typically use uh, an HR consultant. Sometimes even fifty or hundred employees. Normally, when people or when businesses have over a hundred, they tend to to then go into their own um, HR departments. So, right. Are there any certifications that you should look out for? So if you're looking at LinkedIn or somebody's past, you want to probably pay attention to the industry. You want them to have experience in that industry. And then what what other things could they look at? Certifications would be like Society of Human Resources Management. So abbreviation is SHRM. Um, So they have a certification program. You're either a PHR or an SPHR. There's also a global certification for them as well. But you know, so that's uh, nothing that I've had. So, right. you know, I've had the PHR um, several years ago. And, you know, and, and so again, 
years of experience, again, does qualify just like your degrees, things like that. So you want to make sure that people have those kinds of things. Yeah, testimonials, Mm -hmm. references. Don't be afraid to ask for that. Do not be afraid to ask. And again, always look, you know, you want to make sure that they have a good LinkedIn profile, um, but you definitely want to get references. Right. Now, human resources is, is part of your story. Mm, um, big part. <laughs> and, you know, I appreciate you asking or answering those questions mm, because uh, just with your experience and our audience with small and medium-sized businesses, I can't emphasize enough how important it is to have someone uh, talk to somebody about your human resources. Uh, don't let that go for too long because it's about protection. Right. You know, Absolutely. so it's very important uh, for you. Now, you you have transitioned into really an entirely new career, but I'm sure human resources, your background plays a huge role in oh, that. Absolutely. Yeah. So talk talk about Desert Divas for Dogs. So Desert Divas for Dogs. And, and I guess it it kind of goes there's a transition into this is is the whole thing is and why I did it. Um, I when I left HR, I decided to, you know, I really decided to just kind of, I wanted to be a volunteer. And, and that was really what, you know, kind of drove me to leaving. Um, I loving the field that I was in at the same time, I just kind of wanted to change. And so I started volunteering with an organization, different organizations, um, landed at dress for success, which is a wonderful organization. And then I decided to take, you know, some stuff that I learned from that and, and I love dogs, so love animals. I'm a huge animal lover. And so I wanted to help rescues, and I have been fostering um, dogs and and had an experience where my husband and I fostered a litter of puppies and their mother, and unfortunately the mother passed away during uh, the first week of, of that litter um, being with us. And so you know, she had a, an unfortunate bad illness. And so we ended up with orphans at three weeks old. And with that, we, we had a lot, we saw the expense of having this big litter of puppies. And we saw what, what it cost for, for um, the rescue to have this, you know, like eight weeks of, of going through all this. And I thought about it and I thought, wow, you know, what can we do to help rescues? And that's kind of where the whole um, idea came into my head of, you know, helping rescues save money and collecting items and things like that. And so I thought, you know, I'm going to start something. Now, now you had experience as a volunteer, Mm -hmm. and now you're in a position where you want to do something. You've had something impact your life. And um, how do you go about figuring out where to go from there? (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Well, you know, it. I wasn't going in with the intention of becoming a nonprofit. So, you know, my one of, you know, it's it's always Eileen and her harebrained ideas. So <laughs> it's like I'm always starting something. So what happened was I I decided to start this as a meetup group. And Desert Divas for Dogs started with a bunch of women getting together and collecting items and supplies for for rescues. After we had at, people had asked us for receipts, donation receipts, I the light bulb popped in my head. It was it kind of turned on, and and I thought, you know, we need to become a five hundred one c three, 
And so we started researching and, you know, seeing what's it going to take to become a 501. And um, then, you know, just did that research and started filing. And, you know, we thought, okay, we need to do this. So that is where where the transition happened and where we started saying, okay, we can do this. We can, you know, make this become an actual nonprofit, make that transition slide in, and then decide that we're going to actually do some extra things other than just collecting materials and supplies for the rescues. Um, Education program to help educate people about responsible pet parenting and things like that too. Okay, so you have have the... um the portion of the nonprofit now that helps other nonprofits. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you provide goods. Mm-hmm. You'll take in donations and you'll provide those goods. Right, right. So what we do is we we go out, we take donations, um, we collect all kinds of things. You know, whatever it is, actually, we don't reject anything, basically. So sheets, blankets, bedding, um, bowls, you know, crates. Um, so there's a lot of things. But we also have big... Organization, or I shouldn't say big organizations, but they're, they're farms. So we have a, a group called Farmanity Project, which they have a huge farm that um, that they need, like fencing supplies. They need um, materials, so building materials and things like that. So if we're called and by somebody and they say, you know, we have some some two by four wood products or whatever, we'll collect them, and so we'll make sure it gets out there to them. So we do collect whatever you know, we can get for, for our rescues. And we do that in order for them to save money. Um, so they don't have to go and get those supplies themselves. And that helps them to be able to, to, to use their donation funds that they get to then use those, that, those funds for things like medical. Um, they do have a lot of medical expenses, um, surgeries, things like that. And then rescue more dogs, more cats, more whatever, you know, so more yeah. animals. I can certainly understand now that you're saying this, that I can understand the difference. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, you're allowing other organizations to really focus on the hands-on part. Right. Um, and then the hope is that they don't have to worry about the the donation collection part or, exactly. you know, where are they going to get their food or where are they going to get the beds or right. those little things. So, right. so that, that's fantastic. Now from the, for the educational piece, what is your organization doing to educate? So we're developing, we're in the development stages right now. We're developing an education program that will first roll out to, to children. And, and it's basically on educating them about kindness towards animals and things like that um, to help them understand how to treat animals um, and just you know the the how to you know get you know all the all the things that come with caring for a pet um, the the hope is to help them to roll that to their family and to understand you know, all the different aspects of pet ownership and responsibility because they're the next pet owners. Um, the important part too is that it's been identified that, that there's, you know, the, the, what is it? Um, child, not child abuse, but, but pet abuse is also corresponded with, um, with worse things you know, down the line. So if, if somebody, if a child abuses a pet, then they may go on to abuse, you know, their spouses or, or worse in the future. Right. Um, so, you know, if, if we can get, you know, them to, 
to learn about the responsible pet parent, not parenting, but, you know, pet care Mm -hmm. um, now, then great. The next thing we want to do is educate the senior, you know, population and help them with um, just, you know, kind of remind them you don't walk Fido on the hot pavement. You don't, um, you know, do other little things like that. Um, Leave them in the cars, things that, that don't always come easily to, you know, as the seniors are aging and things. Um, pet, you know, pet parenting is, is sometimes taken for granted by those of us who, who are in that, the know all the time. And so it's really important for, for us to, to be able to drive that out to the community. And, and that will hopefully help also to keep the pets out of the shelters. Right. We want to keep them in their homes. How are you doing this educational outreach? We really want to drive, first of all, for the children's programs, we'd love to reach it, reach the um, different like organizations like a community, um, what is it called, community programs um, through like maybe YMCA, uh, different places like that. Uh, some of the senior programs would be like at the senior housing centers. They all are looking for activities to do. So, you know, we're going to reach out to those places like that. So. Okay. Uh, now, from my perspective, what you have talked about so far is you were working in human resources. You realized you, you had a why. There was something that really switched you over into making this your focus, your mm-hmm. life's focus. Mm-hmm. You know, when you start up a, an organization like this, it isn't just a nine to five or, oh, no. you know, and it's 24 seven <laughs> and more than that, probably, right, you know, right. mm-hmm. um, do you consider yourself to be a leader? Uh, yeah. Yeah. And what would you say are, uh, the traits of a good leader? Oh my gosh. Well, for me, it's, I think that the most important thing is to, 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 to be inclusive of your team. It's to be open to be honest, um, to be just, uh, to be an all around good person. The reason why I ask that is uh, I find this often, you know, there are people just like you, Eileen, you're out there and oftentimes it's just about doing something, Mm -hmm. just doing something. And, uh, you know, if you ask somebody if they're a leader or not, you get the the delayed response sometimes, and uh, it's quite interesting. But you, you're overseeing Desert Divas for Dogs. Mm-hmm. You are also helping other nonprofits. Uh, do you have a board? I do. Okay. Um, I'm interested to know because you had to go out and really figure out how to put this all together. Right. Did you have a mentor? Did you talk to anybody else? You know, it it's interesting. Um, my husband helped a lot with mm-hmm. that, and um, and. My mentors actually are past mentors, and they're all the HR people that I've worked with. So for this, um, my mentors now are not it, not for setting it up, but they are people that I work with now. So they're people that I've met through um, through the rescue groups, and they're people I've connected with recently. So it's really interesting. So some of the the um, presidents and and founders of the rescues that I do work with, they're the people that are mentoring me. So it's really interesting and, and they're very helpful. Um, I, I just, you know, love a lot of these people because they, most of them work very well together. You know, there's a lot of, um, different, you know, different people out there in different styles, but the people who have been in it for a long time have been very, very helpful. 
mm-hmm. in doing this. Yeah, and you just have to reach out, right? Mm-hmm. It's just about reaching out, just like Absolutely. it's about doing something. Absolutely. And it might take you a couple tries, mm-hmm. but eventually you'll find someone out there who's who's got the information that you're looking for. Absolutely. When you're putting this nonprofit together, did you visit a certain website or um, talk to anybody with the, the state or the city to get this up and running? Actually, so um, state website, IRS, uh and all of that. So it was, it was very easy to do. So if you want to do a nonprofit, it's, it, it's, you know, people are always afraid to, to do that because in the past it has been very difficult to um, do a 501c3. It, things have changed apparently. And from what I've been told, because, you know, some of my friends that have rescue friends that have put together their nonprofits in the past years have said that it's taken a year or six months or whatever, and they've needed to go through attorneys. You don't have to. Um, it's, it's very simple to do. We did it ourselves. Um, the, the, uh, Nevada secretary of state website, they are extremely helpful. Give them a call. Um, we had a wonderful person that actually reached out to us and helped us. So it was great. Um, and, and when we did the IRS piece of it, I think it took, I think it was seven days from the date that we um, actually filed to the date that they stamped it, um, that, the, that we were approved. Okay. So it wasn't like this huge, um, so three-month process for us to do it. Now, ours was very simple. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, it just depends on what kind of fi- uh, 501c you're doing. Do you have to have a board established before you do that paperwork? You should. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now you, you do have to have it, you know, at, at some point in time, you do have to have it that when you file. Right. Cause you have to name all of the mm-hmm. officers in the paperwork. Yes. Okay. Now you said you were meeting up, you had a meetup group. Yes. So you had people that were showing up regularly to help. Are, were those the people that were, um, that made up your original board? No. The, so my original board was friends. Mm-hmm. Um, so friends who really wanted to help and, and just help get, help get everything started. And, and so, you know, and very, very great and gracious friends of mine that, you know, it was like, okay, wonderful. Let's get this done and everything. So, yeah. yeah. And so we've had some changes, you know, it's, it's kind of, you know, you've got growing pains and, and all that. But, um, you know, we've had some changes and now we have a temporary board that we're, um, that we're kind of working with at this point. And, and so I'm always looking for volunteers and board members. Um, so, you know, cause we want to grow and, and we are growing fast. Um, so, you know, that's one of the things that, that is really important is to have some good board members on the team that will work and, and help. Mm-hmm. Um, it's and that's one of the difficulties, right? Yeah, they're really that that heartbeat, right? Yes, and and Absolutely. there's your same with your human resources background. You know, yeah. here you are in the middle, the thick of it again. You mm-hmm. know, now um, as far as your your board goes, are those elect? Do they have to be elected to those spots? They do, in a sense, but they have to be voted in. Mm-hmm. So by the other board members. Mm-hmm. So once we have them voted in, then great. Um, what I like to do is I like to bring people in as volunteers, kind of see how things go and, and then get everyone to, you know, buy into it. Um, as we have volunteers come in and they're working and everything, 
I like to just kind of introduce them around and see how they feel about wanting to be on the board. Mm -hmm. And if they're interested and they work out, um, you know, kind of let them prove themselves for about six months or so and at least. And and if they're doing well and, and they're interested in doing it, then great. Um, then the, then we can bring them to a board meeting and see how the board feels about it. And yeah, and these are volunteers. Absolutely. So people are volunteering their time. Right. And you describe a process that's very straightforward, mm-hmm. filing paperwork with the state or, or, or doing those steps and, and submitting everything. Right. What are the biggest challenges you faced in putting a brand new nonprofit together? Hmm. The, the paperwork. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, because it is. I mean, it is, you know, you're looking at this paperwork and it's a beast. Um, it's because it's not always that easy to interpret. And so you're kind of looking at this thing and you're going, oh my gosh, is this, you know, what does this mean? Um, it's easier to interpret at the state level because it's easy to get them to on the phone and to help you where the IRS side, it's kind of like, oh, what is this? You know, what kind of, you know, is this code correct? And did, and for us, it was a little harder because we aren't an actual, rescue. So we didn't quite fit into the the code niche. Um, so we just kind of had to pick something. And so it was like, okay, there wasn't really, and there's not really that help for that. Yeah. So that was kind of hard. Um, but, you know, that was kind of the only challenge. I mean, it, you know, and, and making sure that, that we had the team, you know, and, and, and getting that team to, to want to do it. Yeah. I mean, that's a big challenge. Yeah, absolutely. Um, for for us, it, it the biggest one of the biggest challenges is is getting a team that wants to you know, and I'm talking a board that wants to actually work mm-hmm. and and do things that wants to have and, and they need to have skin in the game. You know, they 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 need to have that what's in it for me um, attitude. And and when you're not paying people, you know, we don't have any paid volunteers. I'm not paid, um, so it's kind of like you know, what's in it for them. Yeah. So they have to have a love for dogs. They have to have a love for the, and not just dogs, animals, because we help rescues that do other things too, um, or other animals. And so we have to have this love for, for just that and that passion and drive for wanting to help other organizations. Yeah. How did you find that there was a need for your service? Well, so, you know, like I was telling you, when, when I fostered the, the puppies mm-hmm. and one of them I have, she's a two and a half year old dog now. <laughs> um, it, like I said, it was, you know, we went through and, and this was just the story of, of getting so wee wee pads, you know, I mean, having, they were, they were Husky Akita mixed dogs. They went through a lot of pee pads. Mm-hmm. And so we're buying these things in bulk. And so you think of nine giant boxes of pads coming to our front door, wrapped. You know, we're buying them off Amazon, but they're expensive. They're not cheap. So here we are buying, I think we went through three sets of these nine boxes. And, you know, we're just looking at all these expenses and, and the dog food. Um, just everything else. And, and we offered, you know, we donated to pay for, you, you know, the pay, the funds for it, mm-hmm. um, for the rescue. And so we're watching this add up and I'm, and, you know, in the back of my head, I'm thinking, wow, this is, this is a lot of money. And the rescue typically pays for it for the fosters. And I'm thinking, wow, this is just a lot. And if the rescue's doing this for all of their fosters, that's a big chunk 
what, you know, so what, you know, there's, there's a need here. There's mm-hmm. definitely a need um, for supplies. So if, and think about the, the, what is it, 2 million people that live in Las Vegas and surrounding communities. There's so many towels out there. There's so many bowls and, and all kinds of things that get thrown out. There's got to be a way that we can take advantage of that and get that donated back to us. Look at how many hotels uh, you know, get rid of their sheets and get rid of their towels. And then they do donate them to rescue organizations. Um, so why not take advantage of that? Okay. So, yeah. Yeah, what, what a great approach. And it's something that I think most people don't think about Mm-mm. is um, you know, that, that extra layer of help. Right. And, again, just so that the, the fosters can really focus on the animals. Yeah. You know. Now, if, if I'm a foster, mm-hmm. say I'm a nonprofit, and um, I could really use this type of help. How would I find you? You just come to, well, we have our, uh, we have our Facebook page. So you can grab us on Facebook. Um, you can also go through our website, which is DesertDivaDogs.com. Uh, Facebook is DesertDivasForDogs.com. Or I'm sorry, well, Facebook. Um, and they can reach us through that uh, and that's the simplest way to go is, is basically through our website because we do have a rescue section on our website. Okay. Um, just message us and we will definitely get, get going on that. There's a application process for the rescues because they do need to, we'd like them to be 501c3s as well. We want to make sure that they are legitimate. Um, you know, and, and if they're not, they can be in the process of becoming a 501. Uh, so that's not a problem, and mm-hmm. and we just get them, and we can even help them, you know, with with the process of getting through. Um, we do have a rescue that we work with as well, Con- Connor and Millie's Dog Rescue. They help, um, and they offer this help to other organizations as well um, to get them through things. Okay, and so they're really great. And I'll put all of these specifics in the show notes. Okay. So if anybody's okay. interested in yeah. learning more about the organizations yeah. that you just mentioned. What's a challenge that you come across often with your nonprofit? Oh gosh! And um, this is this is beyond the setup. So you're you're already established. Mm-hmm. Uh, you is it finding new volunteers? Is it you know there's there's a co- a couple finding volunteers and and I shouldn't you know it's volunteers are are wonderful. Love volunteers. We can we can use as many as we can get. Um, but finding the volunteers that, that will want to actually help with, with things above and beyond just events. Um, but I want event planners. Um, so if anybody's great with event planning, would love that. Um, but, but I'm talking the, the stuff that is, is the more nitty gritty stuff, um, administrative help, uh, you know, really wanting to, to do that, um, you know, because I'm doing it all myself. So, you know, it's, it's, it's the harder stuff to, because we're really, what happened was we've been in, in, we've been doing this for, as a 501c3, we just hit our year in in January. I mean, I'm sorry, June. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. (laughs) Um, But we've been doing this since January of 2016. So that's when we started the meetup group. And when we started, it just, it took off so fast that there's so much that still needs to be done. And every time I turn around to, you know, take a breath and say, okay, now I want to finish my volunteer manual, 
something else happens. And so, you know, I'm pulled in a different direction and I still need to finish other things. Um, so it's like, you know, there's so many little things that need to, to be done and, and, you know, I need help doing them. Yeah. So you have a board and then do you also take on additional volunteers to help? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, So, you know, we're always looking for, you know, marketing people, um, you know, and, and people to get us out there, the business outreach people. Um, you know, we still need to get our names out there with, with a lot of businesses and, and, uh, promotional things. So they know you're, um, you exist. So we know, we, yeah. yeah, the rescues, a lot of rescues know we exist, but not everybody. I mean, mm-hmm. there's a lot of them that still, we, you know, we still need to reach out to. Um, but yeah. And then, and then some of the other challenges are just getting the donations in, you know, we still, we have donations, fundraising. Um, you know, we, we are not a self-sustaining organization. We don't adopt out dogs. So we need fundraising to happen. You know, we need to be able to collect money so we can continue to, to then provide the additional resources to those rescues. Yeah. Um, so when you take in donations, Mm -hmm. where do you put that? So it goes across the board. So a percentage goes to a fund to then supply red. We don't give it to rescues. We can't based on our 501c3 setup. Okay. So we can't donate money directly to rescues. So what we do is we, we buy um, items for rescues. Okay. But what we do is we designate that money to buy bigger items. So things like, um, like some of the, like I just purchased seven crates and like the extra large crates and pens um, for rescues and, and uh, like a kitty condo. So one of our rescues could take that to then do adoption events um, fencing materials for farmanity project, um, things like that, the bigger things that might not be readily donated. Um, so those are th- some of the things that we'll do, um, you know, so, or some of those collars, those big giant, uh, they're like the e-collar, like the lampshade collars. Oh yeah. For but, injured. But not, yeah. But not those, but the, the more, um, the puffy collars. Right. Um, so things that, again, that aren't as readily donated that the rescues actually need. So that's, that's what we set those, those funds aside for. Okay. And where do you store all of these items? Mm. So we have what we call the warehouse, which is a storage unit. Um, I was going, I was waiting <laughs> for your garage. Well, yes. So it comes first into the garage, um, because that's, where where everything is sorted and made sure that it's you know we clean it up if it needs to be cleaned um so but i have to do inventory and make sure that that we inventory everything in and out um because of because of our 501c3 setup again you know if we're audited or anything which god forbid but you know it's uh it's one of those things this is this is the setup this is how we run the organization so we have to inventory clean it up make sure it's it's good and then get it to the storage unit. If if we store it, we want to keep an inventory of materials, and then that way the organizations can call, call us, email whatever, and say, "Hey, I need this." We always want to have something on hand for them when they need it, mm-hmm. and just for tracking purposes mm-hmm. for you as a nonprofit, your yeah. organization, you're responsible for right. accounting for all of that. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, what is your why, Eileen? My why is just, is, is the because, um, because I can, you know, because I want to, because, because it's for the dogs. It's, it's all about helping dogs. It's, it's, it's one of our taglines. It's making dogs smile. And it's like, I just, you know, when I think about them, it's like, I want it because I can't save them. I don't, you know, I want to help, but 
I don't want, I want to be able to get in there without getting in there. Um, I kind of, one of the, the reasons that I created it the way I did is there's so many organizations that, you know, or people, let's say first, um, that they want to volunteer yet they don't want to get hands on with the dogs. And I've been in that part, in that position where I volunteered with a couple of rescues. I volunteered with a couple of shelters and it's great. It's fun. I love it. But at the same time, I want to take the dogs home. I want to take every single one of them home and not everybody can do that, you know? And, and so our organization, you can still give back and you can still help without being hands-on and, and doing that. And we can still go and visit with the dogs because we go and visit our rescue partners mm-hmm. and play with the dogs yeah. and so when they're at their adoption events, but we can go home easily. Gotcha. So, you know, and so that's, that's one of the reasons that, that I'm doing it. That's one of the reasons that, you know, I started it and, and, you know, you can volunteer because, you know, you don't have to be hands-on and you can still help. Um, so, you know, that's kind of the, one of the whys, um, and it's just, you know, it's helping those dogs. It's helping the rescues to help the dogs. Advice to anybody who wants to start a nonprofit from scratch. Research what you want to do. Um, talk to people. Uh, one of the things that, that I think I could have done better in the beginning was to, to, you know, get in touch with more people. Um, I, I did a lot of research, but I didn't do the, the reaching out. And so I think that, you know, I, I reached out to a couple of people that, you know, but they were closer friends. Um, I should have done more. Um, but you know, but I'm, I'm happy with the results I have, but I would recommend talking to more because then, then it's going to give you that, that decision, you know, you really want to, to make sure that you can do it, that you have the wherewithal to do it. Right. Um, because I'll tell you, I, I go to bed at between one and two o'clock in the morning and I'm up at six 30 in the morning. So there's not a lot of sleep. And this is all volunteer work. It's all volunteer work. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, you have organizations that depend on you. Absolutely. And I think that's the big point here. Um, as with most things, but especially with nonprofits, you know, you can fill out the paperwork, um, you can get things going, um, but it's really about maintaining that. Mm-hmm. And so for you in maintaining, what is something that, that you would tell somebody they should do and just maintaining that and keeping that why alive? Keep your promises. Mm-hmm. Um, what they should do. And it's really just, it's about the animals. It's you about know, the animals, Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's like, you just have to, you keep going, you don't give up, you know, it's, I I don't, I don't know. It's like, you just keep that stamina. I mean, it's, it's hard to, it's hard to pinpoint just, you know, if, if you want to do it, you do it. Yeah. And where do you find that in yourself to keep going? My stubbornness. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It is. I, I think it's, it's my, um, it's, it's that stubbornness. It's the drive. It's the, it's just something that's always been in me. Um, but you have to be that kind of person. I mean, the, the person that I've been has been, um, I've never been like an, a super outgoing person. And so it's something that I've always had to push myself to do. Mm -hmm. And so it's that push that I've had. It just keeps you going. Mm -hmm. Yes. Well, I love what you're doing in the community. 
for all of the animals that you help support along with all the nonprofits. You know, this is a nonprofit I've never heard of the, that extra layer. And yes, it is. It is. Yeah. And I think it's spectacular. So thanks so much for coming in. And if I can just do a really quick little plug, please, please do. Um, Yes. We have an event on the 27th of July. It's, um, it's called, uh, Christmas in July. It's at Solista Park Clubhouse, and it's um, in Inspirata. And go to our Facebook page uh, at Desert Divas, Divas for Dogs and uh, find it because it's going to be a lot of fun. It's a family-friendly event. It's Thursday, July 27th from 6 to 9 p.m. We're going to have all kinds of uh, vendors. Our rescues are going to be there, pet vendors, um, all kinds of other vendors. So we're going to have a lot of fun. Yeah, so that sounds fun. Sure come out with the kids and... And uh, we'll have kids' crafts and stuff, too. Oh, great. games. Is that the only event that you do throughout the year? No. There's no, we're going to have so. some others. And, in fact, I'm going to go meet with some people today. So um, so we'll have something else coming up in, uh, in August. Fantastic. Well, you keep doing what you're doing. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. For more information about Desert Divas for Dogs or event details like the Christmas in July fundraiser, you can find the organization on Facebook or at DesertDivaDogs.com. Donations and volunteer inquiries are always welcome. Thanks as always for tuning in. If you have any questions or comments about today's episode, visit the Leadership Looks Like Facebook page. We'd love to hear from you. Leadership Looks Like is a podcast dedicated to leaders everywhere. Our mission is to show that leaders come from all different backgrounds, ages, colors, shapes, and sizes. For more information about our project or to become a contributor, visit leadershiplookslike.org. Sign up for Fresh Start Mondays and get access to free leadership tips delivered to your inbox every Monday. To subscribe, visit leadershipexcursion.co forward slash subscribe. And finally, The Coop, Las Vegas' newest co-working location with a focus on community and collaboration. If you're a small business owner looking for office space and amenities and would like to be located in Summerlin, visit thecoopcowork.com. Until next time, continue to inspire and support one another through effective leadership. I'm your host, Cree Edholm. See you again next week.